My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. Good morning. I'm Mandy Zucker, host of The Morning Meeting. Today's guest is Glory Day, a transgendered graduate of NYU. We talk about their experience coming out as trans in college and the weight that was lifted at the realization of who they are. But we also talk about the sense of loss and grief that this realization caused them. Glory Day also helps us understand what trans is and what their experience has been since coming out. I think we can all learn a lot from this episode. I know that I did. I'm excited for you to hear the interview. Lori Day, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am super excited to have you today. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so I have you on today because I wanted to talk about the trans experience in college. I know you've recently graduated from college, um, but I still wanted to talk to you about what that was like for you. Uh, being in a college student, um, you happen to go to school in New York City, so it's probably different all over the country, but I'd love to just talk a little bit about your experience. And I thought we could just start with some basics. Some people have probably a whole bunch of different understandings about what trans even is, and I'm you know, not expecting you to be the expert and teach everyone, but what do you want people to understand about what that means to be trans? Absolutely. Yes. I love talking about um, this type of thing because a lot of people colloquially, when they hear the word trans, they automatically think of meaning somebody completely transitioning to a gender that's different than the one they were assigned at birth. Meaning like if someone was assigned female at birth, it's typically someone with um, a vagina, um, then they transition fully, quote unquote, to someone to being male. Um, But actually, the definition of trans basically just means that you identify as a gender that is different than the one that you were assigned at birth. So that um, also trans can kind of be seen as an umbrella term to include non-binary and gender non-conforming individuals and the whole spectrum in between and outside of. I personally um, like to introduce myself as, not, not necessarily introduce myself, but I personally identify most with the label trans because it's, um, in my own personal experience, I don't like the term non-binary because it's still using the binary to just say what I'm not. Does that make sense? Like I'm still relying on the gender binary by saying that I'm non-binary in a way. Right. And you know, it almost like diminishes or like invalidates your experience by saying that you're non-something. Exactly. Exactly. I would, I would prefer to not say what I am to define myself on by what I'm not and more like to say trans because that opens up a whole host of possibilities in terms of gender exp- ex- expression and the fluidity behind it and everything. Okay. Thank you for that. And obviously some people go by non-binary and that's fine too, but for you, that's the way that you feel comfortable. Yes, absolutely. People can obviously define themselves and uh, find what terms fe- they feel most comfortable with, however they'd like. 
Uh, but for me specifically, I do identify very firmly as trans. And what pronouns do you like to use? Yes, uh, my pronouns are they, them. When I first came out in college, um, I said she, her, or they, them. Um, but really looking back and being honest with myself, the reason I held on to she, her was um, because it felt like if I said my pronouns are she, her, or they, them, it was like in a way I was giving people permission, quote unquote, to use my she, her pronouns. So that way it like in my head, it like wouldn't hurt as much when people use those pronouns. Because it, it was kind of like if I gendered myself, then I was giving them permission and they would would not be misgendering me. Right. Does that make sense? It was a way to kind of avoid or um, circumvent the feeling of people not respecting my pronouns. Absolutely. Okay. That does, for me, that makes sense. And I also just think that maybe, tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe it allowed a little conflict avoidance when somebody would say she, her. Absolutely. Like, okay. Well, I don't have to say anything about it because I gave them permission to do that. Absolutely. I was very terrified when I first came out of uh, being, I didn't want to be quote unquote, like difficult trans person, or I didn't want to be the social justice warrior. Like these are my pronouns. I was super terrified of that at first. Um, but um, kind of having like this whole journey um, that I'm still on, but having all of the very informing things that happened along that journey as what is what has allowed me today to stay like firmly in my beliefs and um, with my own pronouns as well, kind of be more firm about things and realizing that sometimes there's going to be conflict and that's okay. And a lot of the times it really just leads to some really wonderful conversations. Absolutely. How do you feel? And I'm, I'm asking as, you know, a cisgendered person that I hope I don't, but what if I do make a mistake and say she or her when I'm referring to you? How do you feel when people do that? Or what should people do when they make that mistake? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's definitely been a, jo- a journey with the pronouns. And sometimes even uh, my own family, as loving and supportive as they are, will still make um, a mistake. And I personally don't fault anyone for that because we are we do grow up in a very binary society. And that's just natural. And that's just how it is. So it's natural for people to make mistakes, I should say. What makes me feel the best is if someone makes a mistake and refers to me using she, her pronouns, and then they catch themselves, I would prefer it if they didn't apologize, actually. I would prefer it if they weren't like, she, I mean, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, they, like that in itself is feels to me very othering. And then it it places me in a position where I have to then be like, no, it's okay. And I have to almost be the person comforting someone, even though they're the ones that made the mistake. So I don't hold people at fault for making a mistake, but I would very much prefer it if they were like, she, I mean, they, and then just kept the conversation moving, just kept going because um, nothing makes me feel more othered than when my pronouns are suddenly becoming the thing that derails this uh, conversation. I think again, as a cisgendered person, my pronouns aren't something I have to think about ever. So to make the fact that I'm a female, like an issue would, would never happen to me Mm -hmm. to make your gender an issue is a thing that doesn't happen to other people. Yeah. It's a very interesting experience. Um, and, um, just to kind of jump off of that, uh, really good thing 
is like when, um, if I'm with uh, a friend that knows me very, very well and is comfortable with my they, them pronouns, and then somebody else in the room refers to me as she, her, I don't prefer, I do, I don't like it when my friend will then go, actually, their pronouns are they, them. What I like is when my friends say like, oh yeah, I was just talking to Glory and I was telling them the other day that they should just kind of subtly incorporate the pronouns in the conversation. And more often than not, the other person will pick up on it and follow suit. That's right. that's how I like to uh, broach those types of conversations. I appreciate that. Um, obviously, you don't speak for the entire trans community, so this is not necessarily what everybody would want, but Absolutely. it's nice to hear your perspective. It's not something I've thought about, so I appreciate mm-hmm. that. So can you just tell us a little bit, like, when did you know you were trans? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really interesting story, actually. So when I was in college, my second year, my sophomore year, um, I was going through a really, really hard time. Um, particularly, I studied acting, musical theater in college, and I was having a really hard time with my body. Like, I just felt like I didn't look how I felt like I was supposed to feel like, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I ended up um, developing a pretty bad eating disorder. And I just remember being like, I don't know what I'm trying to look like, but it's not this. I, it doesn't feel right. And then throughout the process of then recovering with through that eating disorder, I went home over the summer to do a show. And in the show, I was playing a boy. And I remember I was home alone in my, in my dad's apartment. And um, uh, a binder came in the mail for me for the, sh- for the show because I was playing a boy. And I put the binder on and I looked at myself in the mirror and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be a girl. Like I don't, I realized that this whole time why I was like struggling to understand how my outsides didn't match how I felt on the inside this whole time. It's because I'm not supposed to be a girl. Um, And kind of, and after like coming to that realization and feeling that huge amount of relief for finally having like, um, a word like gender dysphoria, which, um, that I was feeling and why I was feeling this way. I felt so relieved. And then looking back, I saw all of the signs leading up to them. Like when I first cut off all my hair and how free I felt. And for me personally, it felt like such a big step. Like I felt like I was finally starting to see like what I was supposed to look like in the mirror. And, um, so that's probably, that's the first time I really realized that. And that's when I, told the person I was dating at the time that I wanted to start using uh, she, they pronouns. And I identified as non-binary at that point and also use the term non-binary for myself uh, nowadays too. Um, but at the time, I remember like just feeling so relieved. And so it's kind of funny. I like to say that um, I wouldn't, I don't credit uh, that time, that really hard year I went through it. I don't credit my eating disorder for um, making me realize I was trans, but it definitely was part of the journey. Hmm. I don't know what the word is. I'm I'm amazed that you felt like when you put the binder on and looked at yourself in the mirror and you said you felt like this sense of relief. Hmm. And I totally get that. But was there also some like fear or 
some other feeling, right? Um, that, oh my God, like my whole world is about to change or how do I tell my family, my friends? Oh, absolutely. It felt like, to me, it really felt like that whole year I was on a roller coaster and I was slowly climbing up to the very top of the hill. And right when I put on that binder, it was like at the peak where you're looking down. And it's finally like, I felt like, oh, wow. Like the climb is done. Like all of that struggle is done. It obviously wasn't and it obviously isn't. But that's how I felt where I was like looking down to all the road ahead of me and I could finally see what was ahead of me. And it was just like, am I going to take this plunge and come out? And everything just felt like that kind of like gut dropping relief, but also fear. And this is going to change everything. Exactly like you said, like this is going to change how I move through the world. Um, In a way, it also really changed for me, like, how I'm able to explore my place in the world and my relationship with my body and more tools in the tool set for trying to shape the person who I want to be. Right. So what, tell me a little bit about that experience from, you know, hearing it in your own mind, like knowing that this is who I am. I don't know how long that process took before you then started, you know, came out to your family, came out to, you know, friends started, you know, publicly using pronouns. Yeah. Um, so really the first person I came out to was my girlfriend at the time. And she was very wonderful, very supportive. Um, and she also at the time identified as a lesbian. So that was something that we were trying to navigate. Like, well, what does that mean? Like, how do how do we date without me invalidating her sexuality and without her sexuality invalidating my gender? Because something I knew from the very first moment that I um, had the realization and came out where I was, I was knew that no matter what my gender expression was, I was very much not a girl in my, like in how I felt about myself and in my mind, I am not a girl. Um, so she would often refer to me as her boyfriend and stuff like that. Um, I, I believe the first time I came out to my parents, I think I just pretty flippantly was like, yeah, so I've been thinking a lot. And uh, you all saw me in this show where I played a guy and we all agreed that like I did a really convincing job. And so I just wanted to tell you that a gender is a performance and uh, I'm not a girl. I'm performing non-binary now. Or I'm performing boy some of the time. Um, so that was interesting. And I remember change. This is so funny. It just shows the day, the day and like the age that we're in. But I remember specifically going to my Instagram page and changing my pronouns in my bio from she, her to she, they. Mm-hmm. And I remember that being such a scary moment. And then periodically throughout the school year, I'd like go change them to just they, them, and then change them back to she, they, and then have that sort of debate just on an Instagram bio that nobody probably noticed. Um, Yeah. And so then that year was my first year in the musical theater program at my school because before I had just been acting and now I was in the musical theater portion. And if the acting world is gendered, the musical theater world is even more gendered because once you get into musical theater, you know, you get into um, during the dance calls, the women will wear heels or um, women have to wear leotards and women sing like women sing high and the men sing low. So the musical theater space currently as it stands, especially in the more commercial Broadway sense, is very, very 
um, gendered and it's hard for trans people and gender non-conforming people to find where they stand in that space. Okay. And I remember uh, one day we were sitting in class and we were talking with one of our professors and she was my favorite professor. And we were talking about the concept of um, diverse casting and inclusive casting. And this girl in the class next to me turns to me and was like, yeah, so I was talking to your girlfriend the other day and she said that you're non-binary. So what are your pronouns? And I just felt every single head in the class just snap to look at me because I, I hadn't come out to my class yet. Okay. And I so I felt my face instantly turn red and I was like, well, my pronouns are they them, but I'm still using she she her because honestly I'm just really scared and I burst into tears and so that was kind of my like coming out in college experience wow Um, my peers yeah not one that you had a lot of control over no and I know she 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 meant well you know this girl that asked me she just wanted to be sure that um she was referring to me how I wanted to be referred to so I don't fault her at all but she was just out of the blue I wasn't expecting it you know Mm mm-hmm as someone not in the musical theater world at all, although I appreciate some good musical theater, um, I would have thought that that would have been a space that would be very, um, not necessarily, I guess I haven't really thought about like gendered, but I would have thought it would have been a fairly safe space to come out. Did it feel safe once you did that? Yeah, um, it's really... It's interesting because um, acting act, actors in the musical theater world are often uh, very, very thought of as like very liberal, um, flowy, like a very queer space in itself, a very um, inclusive space. Um, but unfortunately, with casting as it is, like with casting uh, roles in a show, those are often very, very gendered. And a lot of the times directors or the people in power of the casting are not willing to try and challenge that in any way. Obviously there are exceptions and there are people out there um, that do and that that uh, would like to, but like we're still seeing a lot of shows like just in the past two years, um, there were a few shows on Broadway that are pretty transphobic, like Tootsie, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, kind of the gag of those whole shows is a man dressing up as a woman, which um, in turn, that narrative is is really harmful to trans people because trans people are not a gender dressing up as another gender. That's a really interesting point. And I think, you know, I'm just thinking both of those movies, like, I think I really liked them. Like they were funny shows, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's it's something that, it's something that, you can't really, I'm, I personally don't fault anyone who has never had to think about um, their own gender or gender politics. I don't fault anyone for uh, enjoying thing, musicals like that and stuff like that or enjoying um, content that is quote unquote gender bent. Um, but a lot of the time, once you really sit down and examine it, you realize like we're just conditioning each other to laugh at people who don't pass, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Really good point, because you're right. I think 
watching those kinds of shows, they just kind of wash over people like me. And they're just kind of funny or, you know, whatever. They're not, I don't give it a lot of thought. But it does sort of seep into our unconscious that that is, that's funny. That's not normal. And that sets up a bias that many of us have not really explored. Absolutely, yes. Thank you for that. Today's episode is sponsored by Holly Simons and Kim Levine in honor of their wonderful mother, Judy. They say she is a big fan of the podcast and they know she would really appreciate this sponsorship. What do you think could have made your college experience when you were coming out and even just coming to terms with the fact that you are trans either better, you know, maybe feel more supportive or what were some of the things that were, that felt really good that, you know, your school, your friends, your family did really well. Yeah. Um, it was in my training at university. I always knew, um, exactly like what teachers I felt the safest with. And those were the teachers that would bring up the fact that the industry that we were all training for um, was very a, a very problematic industry in terms of like racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia. They would always bring those things up and they would teach us tools on how to protect ourselves and to stand by our own values. Um, and that also just includes, they would tell us like, what casting directors are or aren't allowed to ask us. Um, And it was in those classes that I always felt the most comfortable to be like, well, as a non-binary person or as a trans person. And it was in those classes that I feel like I gained the most because I was able to then be like, hey, I know for the next song assignment, we can pick whatever song we want. Do you mind if I pick something traditionally played by a cis male or do you mind if I pick a song and then transpose it up so it fits into my more the my higher register even though it's a male role Mm -hmm. and those were the shows that I those were the classes that I felt like I could really explore what it meant to be myself in a performing arts classroom um and then in the other classes it was really interesting because for every class we had to fill out like a form being like this is my name. These are my pronouns. Um, and then you could like, is there anything else the teacher should know about you? Um, just so it was kind of as a way to get everyone on the same page. And I would always put down my pronouns, but no matter what, I was pretty much always referred to as she, her. And I remember even making the switch to just writing out my pronouns as they, them, and it still never really caught on. But for the majority of my time, my last year at college, I think I was cast as a prostitute four out of the five times I was cast in something, which is pretty, which is, which is a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, But maybe I'm just great at playing those roles. I don't know. It just definitely makes you wonder. What did you think that was about? Like, why do you think you were being portrayed as a prostitute? Like maybe there's something I don't understand about trans people that there's a bias or some stereotype about trans people that makes them think, you know, you're very sexually yeah. active. Yeah. Um, so there definitely is um, a long history of um, trans people going into sex work. 
um, as a means to support themselves, um, whether that be because any sort of system has failed them, whether that be their familial system uh, wasn't willing to support them or they couldn't find a job because a lot of jobs are unfortunately very biased towards hiring people um, and any sort of thing like that. So um, a lot of the like Facebook groups and a lot of my trans friends uh, that are specifically for trans actors, um, kind of the running joke is um, everyone's played a prostitute at least once, whether that be on like SVU or um, any sort of crime-based show. But uh, that's obviously not to say that just because it's a stereotype doesn't mean that it's necessarily a negative one. Um, you know, sex work is valid, but it was just interesting. I think for me, it was more the fact that, I don't know, once they once they cast me in one of the roles, that was just like how it was. Um, I think I'm very talented. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've but, seen a um, few little clips and I would say you're very <laughs> talented as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But it was, I think, the thing that was the most impactful for me being trans in, in acting school was uh, the last show I did was there was a show that was, that was, um, it was a Buffon show. So it was an old like 18th century comedy show. And one of the bits of comedy in it was one of the male characters was supposed to dress up like one of the female characters in order to like get into the palace or something like that. And the director, when the cast list came out, cast me as playing that character in that one scene where the character is dress is quote unquote, like cross dressing basically. Yeah. And he and I had a discussion about it, and he was like, "If you're not comfortable doing this, you absolutely don't have to. However, like, there's not a way for us to cut this scene from it, and I would prefer to cast." a gender non-conforming person for this one scene um, where the whole monologue is about a man saying like, oh, I look hot as a woman. If I were a woman, people would find me hot. And so I think that that director did a very intelligent thing in that case. And it was really, it was an interesting experience being able to explore like what that meant and how we can possibly continue shows that have those themes of cross-dressing in a respectful manner by just casting people who are gender non-conforming and trans in it. That's just my take though. I don't know if everyone obviously in the community would feel that way. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it does make sense just how they, you know, they say like, why are you casting straight people in gay roles? Absolutely. So, and it, it is a way to show representation so that other trans people out there um, understand that, you know, they can do this too. Absolutely. Exactly. Good. Do you know about any resources? I don't know if when you were in school, if you reached out to resources or um, if you've just learned about them now that college students who are sort of struggling don't know, you know, maybe they cut their hair short and they're like, huh, that's I like that. Or, you know, they haven't figured it all out yet. But are there good resources out there for young adults um, that are sort of exploring their gender? Um, I, I know, I know that there's one specifically for actors who are, um, are queer or, uh, trans gender nonconforming. Um, one of my professors actually told me I should look into them. It's this organization called the ring of keys. 
and you can check out their website, just Ring of Keys. And it's a like a theater network specifically for people in the theater industry that are of a marginalized group. And so it's a really wonderful resource. Uh, it's basically uses a network for people to connect and find each other and set up shows with each other and advocate for representation. Um, so that was that was really helpful for me personally because I was like, oh, I can be trans and act. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, I know that folks, F-O-L-X, is a really good um, health resource in terms of whether that's if you're looking into pursuing HRT or gender affirming care in any way. I know that they're very helpful in regards to that. Help me. What is HRT? Oh, hormone replacement therapy. Oh, okay. Hormone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No problem. Um, so I'm also just wondering how you're doing now. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, actors have struggled. You know, it's been one of the communities that's been really hit hard. How are you doing? How are you coping? Yeah. Um, I have been reading a lot, actually, about how during lockdown, there's kind of been this boom in people exploring their own identity in terms of um, how they present to the world and uh, entwined in that is gender. So I've been reading a lot of really interesting articles about how since everything we do in our day-to-day lives is how we want to present to other people, and now suddenly not having that at all and largely being home, people are finally starting to think and figure out how they want to like perform for themselves almost Mm -hmm. and what makes them feel the best. And so that has actually been very interesting for me because I feel like I've been able to be like, oh, um, I still have it in my head that like if I need to look nice for an event or look nice for something, I still feel that pull towards like, oh, I should put on makeup or I should put on a dress. So during this time staying at home, I've actually just like explored a lot. And a lot of people say that uh, realizing that you're trans is like going through a second puberty because you're like realizing um, how do I dress myself in a way that is fun and stylish and feels good for me and not just what is expected of me from an outsider's eye. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I've been doing some virtual shows. um, And so that's been fun. I do have an agent. So she sends me a lot of auditions. There are a growing number of auditions for non-binary actors. So that's very exciting. Yeah, just taking it one day at a time, honestly. Good, good. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover today or that you thought people should understand about you or trans in general? Um, I would would like to say one more thing. I think the biggest thing when thinking about um, TGNC people, so transgender nonconforming people, um, is that no group of people is a monolith, but especially trans and non-binary people Um, because we've got a lot of the times now people see non-binary as like a third gender option almost. And so people assume that non-binary people have to be androgynous or have to be kind of like funky looking, especially if you're on TikTok or anything else like that. But largely it's, um, it's really just saying that you don't feel or don't identify with either side of the binary. Um, 
And so no group of people is a monolith, especially when it comes to gender presentation, the performative aspect of gender. And that's not even bringing into account the indigenous forms of gender, gender such as like two-spirit people and everything. So I think at the end of the day, all I, all I can say is like everyone's experience is unique and valid in its own way. And what's just if you want to figure out like, oh, how do I refer to people? The best thing to do is just to ask that individual person, because largely everyone has a different set of preferences. But that's just a human thing with everyone. I always say that, like, if you don't know something, just ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is the most respectful thing that we can do. We sh- we assume so much about people that, you know, we assume, I assume things about people like, well, I assume they'd like this because I like that, you know? There's so many things that we just, we put on other people based on our own interests. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly, yeah. But for any college students who are exploring their gender, like, just just try things. I always describe it as like throwing, when you throw stuff at a wall and see if anything sticks, like throwing noodles at a wall and seeing what sticks, because um, it's there's nothing wrong with changing your pronouns a few times to try and find something that works or just being gender fluid and going on that journey all at once. Thank you. I think that's also really important because some people say like, it's a phase. You used to say that you were he, she, or, you know, he, him. And now you're saying you're they, them. It's just phases. You'll go back to, you know, whatever you were born with. Um, But that's not always the case. People are exploring. And I think that's a really important thing for people to think about when they want to be an ally to trans people. Absolutely. Thank you. If people are interested in learning a little bit more about you, how can they do that? Yeah. So my Instagram is at glory day 22. That's G L O R I D E I 22, the number two twice. Um, yeah. And you can definitely get into contact with me through there. Um, if you shoot me a DM, I can shoot you my email or anything, but yeah, that's about all. Thank you so much, Glory Day, for being on the show. It was very informative for me and I hope for the rest of us that were listening. Thank you, as always, to Stephen Bluestein for audio production. Next week is our final episode of the season. I'm going to go solo next week talking about COVID and the support that some students may need as they transition back to school. I know many schools are opening up and students are returning to the classrooms And I want to talk a little bit about how we can make sure we're supporting them in the best ways. So I hope you'll tune into that. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.